morning, everyone, and thank you for joining me once again, Susie Bruff, for our next episode in our Premier Fitness Podcast, where I get to speak to really lovely people who are all passionate about fitness, education, and health and wellbeing. I'm joined today by Archie McKay from Origin Fitness UK, who is going to enlighten us on the past 12 months for his business and provide some really cool tips for converting any space into a fitness arena. Hey Archie, thanks for coming on with me. Good morning, Susie. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to having a wee chat. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, now, for the benefit of our listeners, would you briefly explain um, exactly uh, what Origin Fitness UK is all about, please? Absolutely. So at Origin Fitness, our vision is to be the UK's best commercial fitness supplier. Um, we want to be the best to work for, the best to work with, and we're striving to be better every single day. Um, listeners may know or have seen our equipment in various gyms that we work with. So we work with some large key accounts such as David Lloyd, Nuffield Health, the Gym Group. Um, we recently kitted out Gymshark's headquarters. So they may see or may have seen the kind of case study on our website for that. And we also are part of the framework for the military defence and the military of justice. Um, so we're well spread out across various sectors and probably more recently we've been doing a lot more with home gyms and personal training studios just with the, the shift in the fitness industry um, and, and I guess the change in a work-life balance that people have had as well. Definitely. So that sounds uh, that sounds really cool. I bet uh, going into Gymshark's head office was cool, wasn't it? Personally, it was one that I didn't get to go to. Um, oh. so I've not physically seen it. I've just, but it was our, the account manager that designed it did a fantastic presentation just about, you know, their aims and objectives before the space, what they were looking to get out of it, um, and then the whole design process and, and the various elements to it. And it wasn't necessarily all just about what equipment it was, you know, how it was laid out, the location of it. Um, the really cool statistic was that there's only four pieces of commercial um, or not commercial or uh, standardized, you know, cardio equipment, if you like. Yeah. The majority of it is more free weights, functional. You know, it's, it's a complete shift of how the gym floor would look like say 10 years ago where the the functional space was the equivalent of maybe two stretch mats in the corner and yeah. you're looking at rows of cardio kit and, and lots of machines that maybe just have one purpose rather than being so I guess practical and, and, and the way that fitness is adapted to it's no longer just you know a little bit of cardio a little bit of weights you know the the, the entire workout has changed or the people's education of their of their fitness and health has changed and it's constantly changing as well you know we're forever learning um in the fitness industry we're forever doing additional courses like obviously the various various courses that you do yourself and you know every day's a school day as they say isn't it yeah absolutely and do you do you find that's quite a common theme then with like other sort of gym chains that you work with that you know, the cardio equipment is becoming less of a feature. Um, I've recently joined a new gym and, and I used to be a member there like gosh back in 1945 um, and I went I went I went in and I was like wow goodness me this really has changed and just like you've kind of said there loads of weights loads of functional equipment and actually 
um, considerably less running machines, et cetera, et cetera. It absolutely has, yeah. I mean, I think if you did a percentage maybe 10 years ago, you probably had 50% space um, occupied to cardio equipment, and I would say that that's dropped significantly, probably nearer to 30% now. And, you know, the percentages and the space ratios of your free weights, of your functional area, or just even having open space um, has, has massively changed. Obviously, you can't, you know, you can't go and do a, a kettlebell swing and, you know, walking lunges and, you know, step ups and, and various movements like that if you've got a very small space and it's restricted. Um, so often space, often less is more, I think, yeah. you know, in, in designing a gym these days as opposed to just filling it with as much equipment as possible. Definitely. Do you think, why do you, why do you think that, that, that change has happened? Do you think it's because as consumers, people have become more educated through social media, through you know, different platforms, and therefore we are working out in a smarter way and we know that you know you don't necessarily have to be on a treadmill for an hour to you know burn so many calories you can probably do that you know in, in a quarter of the time by lifting some heavy weights or your own body weight even why do you think it is i think i think you've touched on it there already susie that there is a, a massive change in the education of 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 us as individuals of fitness scores um I think coupled that, coupled that probably with you know yes an increase in social media and just an awareness that free weights aren't bad and doing kind of weights aren't you know aren't bad. I think you know you would have to probably go a lot, a lot further ago. I mean you mentioned sort of nineteen forty five. I'd imagine you know everybody thinks you know of of weights being kind of you know muscle beach and yeah. and that type of thing. Whereas actually it's 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 completely functional it's you know I remember um a friend who's a personal trainer was talking about someone or or had a client and she said I can't squat and um he said okay well, well listen we'll, I'm sure we can sort of develop that and work on that and and he said see this plyo box could could you just sit down on that for me and she sat down and he said and can you stand up and then can you sit down again and can you stand up and he went right you've just done two squats Exactly, and, and and she was like, "What?" And she just couldn't understand. And then, so, so have and and so I think there's an element where we don't realise we're already doing a lot of these um, activities, um, and and that's where yes, the, uh, absolutely a sort of education of fitness as as well as maybe an education of the sort of the gyms as well, you know, from a from a facility point of view. Yeah. Um, consumers are demanding, you know, a change in how the gym looks, but also facility owners are then, you know, changing how things are. And everybody wants to have, you know, the the nice shiny new equipment or the latest, you know, trend of equipment. When a when a machine comes out, you'll see it sort of slowly filter in. And as a gym owner, they'll look to bring in new elements to, you know, freshen up the space and, and keep it, you know, keep it changing and and keep it new and exciting, you know, for people kind of going, you know, you don't do the same workout all the time. Um, equally, you don't use the same equipment all the time. So it's good to to think about how you design the space initially, but how the space would look like in six months and a year and how that, how that needs to change and adapt for yeah. the member as well. 
and it's something that unless you're kind of in that zone you just wouldn't think about really would you um so just kind of taking you back to uh, where we start off in this conversation so how have things changed for you over the last year have you has there been an increase in in sort of demand for home equipment absolutely i mean i think right when we go right back to when we kind of went into lockdown back in you know march over a year ago the i think our website actually sort of crashed several times just because the demand of people going on there um and i don't think anybody would have been able to you know forecast that and thought that yes you know there was an element everybody was locked down and um but i mean i think like myself everybody or i certainly was quite naive to i thought you know this will be a couple of months and that'll be it and yes it'll be you know you know things are restricted down but as a business um you know we were five six hundred percent more sales through the website than we'd ever done before um wow. i think hex dumbbells was probably the number one product that people were desperate to get a hold of yeah um and it just yes the demand for home gym just just blew up um, to the point where people would just kind of take really any equipment um, and, you know, there's only so much stock you can have. So unfortunately, we weren't able to help out everybody, but the large, a large majority of people then got some form of equipment so that they could train at home and keep their fitness. And, and I think probably just their mental side as well, the fact that, you know, they're maybe only getting out or, you know, if the heart or the height of restrictions rather, it was, you were let out for an hour a day. It was like sort of yard time from prison, wasn't it? You were getting out and yeah. I certainly made the most of making sure I was out the house for that sort of, you know, full hour or full one time. But um, like everybody had a couple of sort of dumbbells in the house to be able to do something and, and just kind of keep some level of fitness there. And, and on a positive note, it was been fantastic that that the last year and, and what we've went through as a nation has really brought health and fitness to the forefront of people's attention and reprioritized their own health and how that looks for them, whether that's, you know, getting their 10,000 steps in a day, whether that's, you know, maybe getting 5,000 steps a day if, if they weren't able to do, you know, any steps before or to you know, somebody just joining the gym, um, somebody getting a gym induction, somebody, you know, adapting that as part of their fitness or um, from a PT side as well, the massive increase was virtual training and, you know, yeah. training virtually. I don't think anybody would have thought that would have been as successful. I don't know how many, you know, how popular or I don't think anybody would have foreseen the number of workouts and things that people were you know, streaming live in their living room or the bedroom or wherever it was that they had a bit of space. Um, and then there'd been a massive increase in people, you know, stopping the gym membership completely, even though that it's, even though the gyms have opened back up, a lot of people have said, well, instead of my 50 pounds, 75 pounds, however monthly amount of membership, I will put that into you know, paying equipment off maybe over a couple of years or I'll do an upfront cost of the equipment, but then I won't have my monthly membership anymore and I'll have my own home gym. So there's there's been a massive um, shift, I think, for home gyms and, and just having home equipment in general. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And I, and I think, I know, I agree with what you said. I think, you know, because of the unfortunate circumstances that everybody found themselves in, I think the people that hadn't exercised before were literally treating that hour like, do you know what, I need to go and do this. They then realised, goodness me, I've just been for a walk every day for the last month. Wow, I feel better. Okay, there must be a link here between moving and feeling better, feeling, you know, mentally more um able to cope um with the with the uh pan, pan, pandemic and then like you say people have bought equipment um and i do you know i don't know what what you sort of feel or what you've heard you know within the within the industry but you know people are returning to the gyms but you know certainly for people that i've been speaking to it's it's more about having having that choice and being a bit uh, having a you know a, a, a variety of what people want to do so it's either working outside, going to the gym a few days a week and then going for a cycle. Whereas before it was like, it was either you go to a, you know, a class or you go to the gym, you know, or you were just a runner, you know, they're all kind of segregated out. Whereas now, um, you know, it's, it's very much like people are, people are realising that it is, it is purely about moving, it's, you know, moving in terms of that mental health and well-being and generally feeling fitter and, you know, loving life a little bit more. Absolutely, absolutely. Just I think, just in general, people kind of you know, getting active, moving, whatever shape or form that is. Just movement in general um, has obviously been beneficial. And I know I you know took up some other hobbies that I maybe I hadn't done before, but fitness was probably the the, the key one that kind of kept me sane more than anything through through being locked down um, and being locked in, i think and and many other people the same for sure yeah just change, a, change of scenery and stimulus yeah. like that visually as well was you know nice just to be kind of you know not looking at the same four walls every day completely and i think a lot of people will relate to that um now for anybody that is listening um that is thinking about turning a space into a gym or a PT studio, would you be able to give our listeners kind of a an overview of how to approach something like this? Because we spoke about this the other day and I was gobsmacked about the things you need to think about before you even decide what equipment you need. So would you mind just uh, enlightening us? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's obviously you know, two scenarios there of, of looking at setting up your own gym from home. And then there's looking at maybe setting up a personal training studio at home or a, a sort of purpose building or a sort of larger building into then an independent, you know, style or, or size of gym as well. Um, the initial kind of considerations are the same. So looking at who's using it. So from the home, you know, is it just one person in the household? Is it two, is it three, four? Um, are they likely to be using it at the same time? Or would it just be, you know, individuals at a time from, because that'll help in terms of spacing and equipment requirements. Um, the frequency, again, for the usage, because if you're going to just go in there once a day, uh, or once a week versus once a day versus if you think of like a you know a commercial gym that has a treadmill and someone's on it every hour of every day then you know the the level of specifications obviously going to you know massively differ there for someone who's got a low level usage versus a high level usage and that then matches into 
um, looking at the equipment ranges that we have. Um, you're then looking at, you know, what from a designing point of view, we then start to look at considerations like what's the flooring like, what's the subfloor made of, um, is it on the ground floor or, or is it on the first floor? Because then you're looking at potential noise from weight being dropped and how that would then disperse out. So that gives you a consideration of what flooring to look at. Um, and then other practical elements such as ceiling height is a big thing in the home gym. So on the market, most racks tend to be about 2.2 meters, but that's then the height of the rack. You're then looking at needing a little bit higher up, maybe 2.4, 2.5, because if you're going to do a pull up, you're obviously going to pull above that rack and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to pull up and have your head banging off the ceiling. Um, and then a lot of people look at the rack and think, that, oh, I've got the width of the rack, you know, the width of the rack is maybe 1.2, but actually you want to have nearer three meters of width because you're looking at having a 20 kilo bar, which is generally 2.1 meters. You then need space on either side of the bar to load and offload the bar. So suddenly, actually, we need another 50 centimeters on either side. Now we're looking at 3.1 meters. So there's a consideration of, okay, that like the rack can fit. We've got the ceiling height, we've got the space. And then you go, well, what's the usable space that the rack needs? So the rack fits in, but have I got the ceiling height to do a pull-up? The rack fits in, have I got the, the width of space to be able to load, offload the bar comfortably? Um, and then that's, you know, as a consideration from there. There'll be some people that will look at sort of cardio equipment, and then you'll have various power requirements for that. So if you're looking at a commercial treadmill, it needs its own power supply. So it's not just a case of, sort of plugging it into a socket, it needs its own power all the way through. And then if you're looking at a personal trainer and maybe a space, they would maybe want to have space to have a laptop plugged in and also maybe have you know a phone charger and or the home would might want a phone charger or some music um, and these are other elements that you, you know you sort of factor in um, so initially it's about who's using the space the frequency of the usage then you start to look at like well what you know from from a home gym it's like what do i need you know what would i like so my home gym would have a rack, a bar, a bench, because those would be the strength elements. Um, personally, I'm more of a kind of runner cyclist. I've got my own bike and I've obviously got a pair of trainers for running. So I probably wouldn't really look to have any kind of cardio equipment in there, but some people would quite like to have um, a cardio element. Now, for me, I would probably look at maybe a rower or a skier because they don't take up a big footprint and something like a rower can then be stood vertically and, and be out of the way. Yeah. If I'm then looking at a personal training studio, you know, is it a one-to-one -one ratio of training one person at a time? Am I looking at training uh, a ratio of one-to-two or one-to-four? That will obviously depend on restrictions currently, but you're looking at how you use the space currently and how you would use the space in six months and eight months and a year and so on. And then it's all about designing it for the client, not necessarily for you as the individual. So, a lot of personal trainers will be very strong, very fit, of course, and they'll maybe look at having dumbbells up to 50 kilos, but they don't necessarily need up to 50 kilos for their clients. Maybe, you know, lucky if they need maybe up to 25 or 30, say. 
um, or for the person that maybe needs that heavier weight, could they do it via a bar and, and bumpers instead? And then you're not spending additional money on what are the, the more expensive dumbbells because obviously the heavier dumbbells, you know, there's more, more in them to make them. So that's a better way then of spending the money. Um, and from that, it's then, okay, so, you know, this is the kit list I need kind of for my clients um, for the exercises. Once we have that sort of kit list, we can look at the, the flooring considerations that we talked about, the ceiling height considerations. We then look at how we optimize the best layout of equipment. Um, sometimes people will have quite an extensive kit list and we probably look at them and say, listen, there's probably too much here. Um, rather than rather than having a higher sale, if you like, but then we're just put, you wouldn't be given the best result. You'd be kind of putting equipment in for the sake of it, you know, whereas we, we want to have that open space that we talked about. We want to have that space that the space, can, the space is almost, you know, an exercise in itself. We need that, we need that functionality there. Um, yeah. And then from equipment, it's, you're starting to look at, what's the best what's the best bang for buck so if we looked at a a treadmill or a leg press machine that is sort of one thing that we can do it you know if you know we can only sort of run or walk on a treadmill or a leg press we can only use as a leg press whereas from a strength element you might want to put in a dual adjustable pulley a cable machine that's obviously got the versatility of all the different attachments movement patterns still with that fixed resistance and control element. From a strength element, you would be looking at a sort of rack, bar, bumper, bench, and all the various options that you can have from there. Um, that's maybe a bit a bit all over the place there, but that's roughly, you know, if I was to summarize it, it's what's the space like? What's the usability, frequency? Who's using the space? How are they using the space? And then populating out the kit list with looking at the practical elements such as kind of flooring, ceiling height, um, having flooring that obviously protects the equipment as well as protects the subfloor and looks at noise vibration reduction qualities and things like that. Those those can be a bit of the, I guess, the boring elements, you know, if you from because flooring, it's not really that exciting to talk about, but it's a requirement. It's really important, isn't it? It's the foundation then the rest of the gym really. So yeah. make sure that that's sorted, and then and that's how you would then guide and talk all the way through. And that's 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 effectively a, a summary of probably the conversations that we would have with someone. If you know, if you were to phone up, you know, and say I'm looking at interest, you know, designing my own, or I'm looking at putting in a home gym, those would be the the topics, the conversation, the questions that we would then kind of work through to to. Um, design the best gym that we could for you. Yeah, definitely. And it sounds, you know, it sounds, there's there's obviously many facets to this. One of the things that I think is really interesting there that I hadn't probably thought of is about, you know, if you are a PT, I bet it's really hard to think of it from your customer's perspective, like you said, and it's just about, you know, how do you kind of almost say, well, actually, you know, as much as you might want to, potentially sell loads of equipment it's actually do you really need that is it going to be fit for pur purpose um it's quite interesting um one thing i wanted to ask you is is um let's say you've got like a treadmill um how much does that cost to run each day do you know do you know if i'm honest 
I don't know. Um, okay. Never been in, in sort of yeah. It's never been asked in my sort of time. Yeah, no, my I was time just sat here thinking. Yeah, no, I was just sat here yeah. thinking. I thought that would be another expense, wouldn't it? And I, I just wondered, you know, how how because you said about any any equipment that you've got from electrical perspective, it, it needs its own source. Did you say? If it's if it's a treadmill, yes, just because the power that it can pull or the power that's needed for it to pull, if if it's on the same um, if it's on the same circuit as other electrical requirements and they're on at the same time, then it's just never going to be pulling the right you know voltage through and the right power requirements. So it's then if you're going to be using it, you know it might sort of you know have surges in power. Um, I yeah, guess yeah. many sort of like power cut and and kind of not be not be performing at the the, at the intended usage it's supposed to be. Um, really only on a treadmill or what we would call an embedded cardio piece. An embedded piece basically meaning that there's a, a TV sort of on it as, as a console and then you need obviously the power um, requirements for the television as well as the um, the signal kind of cable in. Yeah. The rest of cardio, you know, if you're looking at something like a rower, um, it generally only is batteries for the console and the actual mechanics are, you know, there's nothing to plug in. It's the same for sort of spin bikes, obviously, and it's the same for um, quite a lot of cross trainers and recumbents and upright bikes that we do because they generally have a dynamo system. So as you, you're using them, you're effectively charging up what is just the LCD screen on it. Um, yeah. But I'm not... I'll be honest. I'm not too sure. I know as, as a as an entirely unrelated product. Um, I've got a close family friend who has a, their own hot tub, and because it's constantly on to get to the temperature, they say it adds forty pounds um, onto the electricity uh, onto the electricity bill um, yeah. every month. So that's based on something that's been on all the time. Whereas a treadmill in the home is going to be on even if you know there's four in the household and they're all going on it what an hour which is probably unlikely a day four hours of usage you know throughout the week it's not going to be to that extreme and that's the advantage isn't it about having your own equipment at home at the end of the day because you know regardless of what the costs are you can switch everything off whereas you wouldn't do that would you you know if you're in a gym um you know the machines are on all day aren't they so yeah really interesting so what's the average cost then um of turning your garage, for example, into a fully functioning sort of gym area in your experience, Archie? Yeah, I mean, that's always a, you know, a good question on price. You never like to kind of give uh, an indicative figure because it depends on, you know, quite a lot of, it, you know, um, factors such as if there's any prep work required, you know, that wouldn't necessarily be on the equipment, you know, looking at if a floor needed, you know, if a floor wasn't suitable for flooring, if it, you know, needed a, a sort of screed or a concrete skid put over it first. Yeah. Um, you may need to kind of do a little bit structurally with walls or electricity and things like that. Um, and then, you know, your kit list could be a couple of items or your kit list could be, you know, loads and loads of items obviously depending on the scale what yeah. i would say is the kind of the key or the most popular products in say the last 12 months for home gym use have been the sort of strength element so have been a half rack a bar 150 kilos of bumpers or olympic plates um and a bench 
Um, that's probably been the sort of strength element to that and dumbbells. So if I was to give you a price, we have a home package on our website, which I can give you the link to sort of after this if you want to sort of push that out. And that's based on a rack, a bar, um, 157 and a half kilos worth of plates, um, collars, and the bench. And that is 142499X fat, so just over 1,700 pounds ink fat. And that kind of gives you your, you know, that that gives you a price for what I would say is most of the strength elements. There'll be people that look at other accessory items such as power bands or obviously TRX being fantastic for, you know, um, increasing resistance and load through training. And there'll yeah. be other people that maybe look to have, you know, a cardio element put in there and maybe have a rower on top of that and maybe look at a little bit of flooring. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can obviously grow and change that. But that's probably the starting block um, for most home gyms is that kind of, you know, yeah. strength element that they, you're effectively replicating a safe, controlled environment to squat, deadlift, bench. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, making sure, like you said, all the way through that you do have enough space to actually be able to move around and exercise freely without bumping into anything, hurting anyone um, or, or, you know, causing any damage. Um what about um, any other sort of tips? So do you ever find that, um, you know, people ask about other ways you can make uh, that space sort of more interactive, for instance, with a TV or, or, or whiteboards or? Yeah, probably in the home environment, it's more about um, they'll naturally the, the cardio elements that we do with kind of embedded TV options are more expensive. Um, but you then, nest, you know, if you're from a home gym, you're not maybe needing the top of the range treadmill because your usage is obviously going to be a lot lower. Um, all of our treadmills are commercial grade, so none of them are sort of foldable where you will get some home only um, treadmills. But if you're used to going into the gym and running on a treadmill, it's obviously going to be a commercial grade. So you want to match probably how you're how you feel the equipment is in the home gym. So from that element, a lot of home gyms will look for a separate TV to put on the wall. And that way, no matter what they're training on, whether it was a cardio element, a bit of a strength element, a circuit, et cetera, they'll have it there. Um, there's obviously been a big increase in home gyms and apps for home gym, various other providers, and, and having maybe an app platform that they could cast from their phone and put the workout on, on the television. From a PT side, um my zone's a very popular addition you know for heart rate training and again then having the tiles of the my zone uh, screen on there um nothing beats obviously paper and pen but I, I guess a more modern way is doing a whiteboard and a marker and having yeah. all the workouts put on there um one thing we did in our old uh, showroom was we had a chalk wall on there and that was really good for putting maybe like the workout of the week or putting, um, you know, if we were doing a sort of challenge as a team, something like National Fitness Day, we could put, you know, what we were doing on there. Um, I know someone that put it in the entrance of their personal training studio as like a, a long-term client goal. And when they achieved it, they would go up on, they would go up on the board if you like. And so you go in and you see, you know, I think the, the most impressive one for me was always there was an 80-year-old woman who could um, do like 
10 pull-ups, I think it oh was. Oh, really? Um, and I was just astounded at that, thinking of, you know, at the time, my gran and, and, and the thought of her doing, you know, thought of her pulling herself up from the chair, let alone pulling yeah. doing a pull-up. Um, so you have, like, a long-term kind of goal, and it's all in there, but you walk in and all you just see is kind of um, aspirations and, you know, you walk in and you think, this is a place that I'm going to achieve something. Yes. Um, you know, before you've even seen what the kit is or even met the trainer, you know, you kind of walk into just a kind of an entrance way of positivity. So that's a really cool idea. Um, and that's something that can be done. You know, you just buy some chalk paint and you mark out a section on the wall um, and you obviously can create your own sort of, you know, chalkboard effectively on there. Um, that can be a really good thing for in the home gym as well, just putting up workouts and, and you know, maybe ticking them off as you go along and having that accountability with yourself. So those are always some good handy tips. Um, I think from tips like that, I'm always learning off the consumer and people come up with, you know, loads of different creative ways and ideas. And, and that's always good to kind of, you know, think, think of that wee idea and think, oh, that could really help, you know, that could really help Susie in her home gym or that could really yeah. help someone else in, in their PT studio or that's a good, that's a good tip. So, yeah, I mean, I think Pinterest is obviously fantastic at then, you know, looking up home gyms and what they've done. And I think the the little amenities that people do maybe in a personal training studio, like a little drop box for keys and wallet, you know, or, you know, having kind of, you know, a little towel area or having a fridge with sort of, you know, fresh bottled water and, you know, a wee fruit bowl or something like that. It's those little nice added extra touches that can always make the difference. I mean, you probably don't need to put your own football into your maybe garage gym at home, but you know, you know where it is in the kitchen. You can go and get yourself a, a banana or something after you've trained. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I really like the idea of having that, you know, in the entrance, because it's almost like you've created that, that sort of wall of fame, haven't you, at the end of the day, yes. like that kind of positivity. And it's, it's a visual, you know, you know, most people love a visual thing to kind of motivate them so it's a really cool idea and you must like you say you must see so much stuff and it's great that you share that with your uh with your client base to give everybody kind of the best ideas that's it that's i mean there's no there's no two gyms that are exactly the same i mean even obviously your kind of key account gyms or your gym chains where you know, they're all run the same. They're, you know, the buildings are never going to be exactly the same. The layout of how that kit and everything's never going to be the same. So you want that element of, I think, you know, uniqueness. Um, yeah. And ultimately, you know, you're buying into, as a consumer, you're buying into someone's space, but you're also buying into them as a person, you know. Exactly, and, yeah. You know, there's, exactly. There's, there's thousands of personal trainers, obviously, out there, um, but everybody needs to have their own, you know, unique selling point probably or their own unique sort of features and the their gym and their equipment just complements their service offering and what they're about. Definitely. I couldn't agree with you anymore. Do you think um, home conversions are, are here to stay? What do you think? We've certainly not seen the demand slow down from a home gym um, conversion. I think... Lots of businesses are adapting, you know, a, a changed work-life balance of the number of days in the office versus the number of days at home. And I think if that 
stays the same, which it's probably likely to do. And people are seeing obviously the benefits from employees being maybe more productive and um, and also from a time saving factor. You know, if you're looking at, you would probably never go to the gym to do 15 minutes. Um, but if, if it took you kind of 20 minutes or half an hour to get there, get changed to do 15 minutes and come back. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of office gyms out there as well. So people have the benefit of maybe being able to train at lunch. If you have your own home gym, train at lunch, train before, do that little maybe 20 minutes that's, you know, better than having not done anything. Um, or just it doesn't matter then the weather, you know, if you're maybe more of a, a cardio person that you'll see, you know, there'll be a massive spike in people sort of running and cycling when the better weather's here. But as soon as it gets to the kind of colder darker nights then you know people are less inclined to kind of probably go out you know in the cold as much and, and when it's maybe icy and it's not necessarily safe as well so there's a massive i think i think the home gym conversion absolutely is here to stay um as more and more people decide on that that's also a controllable method as well like you, you go to the gym you know there's maybe some people still apprehensive about Yep. going into you know different spaces that you know that that they don't have control over whereas you have the control over how you clean your own equipment and generally your amenities you know your own shower and things like that are going to be nicer um so a hundred percent i think home gyms are here to stay um and we've even started seeing i think the big thing probably in the first lockdown was people building their own bars outside um, you know, and people were in desperate the fact that they couldn't socialize or they could meet outside. So that was a way to do it and create their own bar. Whereas now we're seeing instead of it being the bar outside, people are looking at sort of building a gym outside, you know, whether that's that kind of, you know, uh, sort of purpose built building or sort of shed or building and outbuilding and just having that own space. Um, if maybe they don't have a garage as an example obviously the garage is probably the key one where you know cars are getting bigger and bigger these days that i think if you know for me to get my car in the garage i have to take absolutely everything out including yeah. in, including the garage door i think so um that's obviously a, a key space that people are looking at as well so it, yeah long-winded answer susie but absolutely home gyms are here to stay Oh, do you know what? I just have to say that the idea of having a uh, outdoor bar and a a gym at home just sounds like absolute heaven to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did work recently on someone's home gym that they put in a kind of bar and cinema room and a gym next to it. So yeah. you know, it's kind of had had the luxury of space um, yeah. to be able to do that, obviously. And I thought, wow, that's yeah. That's you, really cool. You'd, you'd never leave the home if you had all those immunities. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. Oh, Archie, it's been really lovely speaking to you. Thank you ever so much for coming on with me and just kind of explaining how somebody would begin to approach um, turning a space not using in into a gym. So much more to think about than maybe uh, people might have realised. Um, how do we find out uh, more about you and Origin um, going forward? I mean, jump on our website, www.originfitness.com. Um, anybody that has any questions, they can obviously email me or the team directly, Archie, A-R-C-H-I-E, at originfitness.com, or drop us into our sales team box inbox where 
myself or any one of the team would be more than happy to assist you. So sales at originfitness.com. Um, and we've obviously got our, our social media pages that I'm, I'm sure I can give you the links to and you can pop in um, in the description for this. And again, anybody that wants to, you know, ask any questions directly to myself via that means as well, absolutely. You know, just the more questions, the better and the more the merrier and we'll be more than happy to assist. Thank you very much indeed. And as always, if you would like a chat with me, I can be reached at susie.bruff at premierglobal.co.uk. And if you want to look at any of our courses, then please visit www.premierglobal.co.uk. Archie, it's been great speaking to you as always. Um, I'll be speaking to you again very shortly anyway. But uh, for now, thank you very much and take care. And thank you, Susie. Pleasure. Thank you.